Welcome to the Work Camper Show, brought to you by WorkCamper.com. This podcast helps you discover how to finance your RV travel dreams. Each one of our episodes will introduce you to people who are already living the RV lifestyle or to work camping opportunities all around the U.S. You'll also learn how to hit the road the right way and make the most of every opportunity. Now let's turn over today's show to your host, Greg Gerber. Today I will be speaking with a man who has been RVing for more than 19 years. He has some very interesting ideas about how to find or create an ideal work camping job. Today's episode is brought to you by the featured employers at WorkCamper.com. These WorkCamper employers have taken the extra step to share photos and detailed information about their WorkCamper programs. Opportunities exist for solos, couples, and families, whether they are full-time, part-time, seasonal, and even long-term jobs. Some are income opportunities and others involve volunteering at locations throughout the United States. Go to WorkCamper.com forward slash FE to meet the featured employers today. Employers who are seeking to hire work campers can learn about the benefits of year-round recruiting by becoming a featured employer. More information about featured employers is available at www.workcamper.com forward slash FE details. When Jack Vito started the RV lifestyle, he was in a big triple axle fifth wheel to transport RVs from factory to dealerships. Later, he downsized to a two-axle fifth wheel before settling into a motorhome for the conveniences it offered him while traveling. A former professional truck driver for a while, Jack's first work camping job was with an RV transport company, but then he found a way to make more money by doing the same type of work. He approached a specific dealership, asking to be hired as their agent to ensure that RVs were sale-ready at the factory before driving them all the way to California. Jack also served as a corporate photographer for most of his career. Today, he approaches campgrounds about being hired to take pictures of all the activities at the park and posting them to social media. While many work camping jobs pay around $12 an hour, Jack was bringing in $1,800 a month managing social media for campgrounds. But the parks were willing to pay him because the enhanced social media drew so much attention that the parks started selling out of campsites. He also developed a marketing idea for one campground where he approached a local dealer with an offer to purchase two weeknights at the RV park for $25, during which time the dealership's customer would get extra attention. The new RVers would get help backing into a site, connecting two utilities, and invited to dinner for an informal orientation. When they were ready to leave, the RVers would get help preparing for travel, uncoupling, dumping tanks, and getting on their way. It was a win for the dealership because their customers got off on the right foot. It was a win for the campground because new RVers enjoyed the experience so much they often booked additional stays. It was a win for the RVers because they saved a lot of time and avoided painful experiences by learning one-on-one with an experienced RVer. It was a win for Jack because he got paid more to orchestrate those sessions. Jack talks about his favorite places to visit as well as the desire he and his wife have to use profits derived from their YouTube channel to help working class people with unexpected financial problems. Get Your Kicks at 66 offers specific advice on how to retire and enjoy the kind of life you've dreamed about. To tell us more about his varied experiences as well as to provide some unique and helpful advice, please welcome work camper Jack Vito to the show. Thanks for joining me today, Jack. I really appreciate the time. Where are you located right now? I'm located in Atkins, Arkansas. 
is where we are currently staying. And where is that proportion to the rest it's of the work in between Fort Smith, which is at the border on I-40 and Little Rock. We're right in the middle. We're at exit 91 and Little Rock's at exit 150 and the little town next to us. Probably more people familiar with Russellville. Okay. Arkansas. We're five minutes out of Russellville. How long have you been on RVing? The we started RVing in 2005 and had a great life doing it. My wife and I got involved in it way back when. Have you been doing work camping the entire time? Work camping, as we know it, might be a little different than the terminology that most people use because as long as we're living in an RV, I figure I'm work camping. I don't have to actually work at the site that, that we're staying at. A lot of times the site compensates us for the work that we do while we're there, but we also have a work camping job off-site. Okay. What type of RV do you use? We started with a fifth wheel. We had a prairie schooner, big three triple axle prairie schooner. Then we did that for a couple of years while we were towing RVs for RV transport. And then we downsized to a two axle Montana fifth wheel. And then from the fifth wheel, we graduated to our first motorhome. And we liked the motorhome a little better due to the fact that while you were traveling, you could make coffee or use the restroom. You didn't have to really pull off and have a hard time getting somewhere to stop for a little bit while you were making a long journey. I like motorhomes for that as well. It was just very convenient to be able to pull over and make a lunch or, like you said, use a restroom. What attracted mm-hmm. you to work camping? And to the RV lifestyle. We got introduced to it when we first bought our first fifth wheel. A gentleman was in the store. We purchased it from Camping World. And there was a gentleman in there that was a work camper. It actually worked at Camping World at the time as a work camper. And he told me about it. And we subscribed to it. And we went home that night and looked at the website. And they had a ad in there for RV transport, and there was a place out of there, Indiana, and the other location was out of Oregon. And we went up to Oregon and started pulling trailers out of that site. And we did that for probably a year. We put 160,000 miles on our truck and we weren't making any money. I was a professional truck driver before, and my wife was a BOT auditor. So we went and got our own license to pull legally for class A license. We had our own number, DOT number, and we started pulling for dealership. I went to a dealership in Bakersfield, California called Venture Out RV at the time and told them I could do a better job pulling for them independent. And they wanted to know why. I explained to them when I was at the site to pick the trailer up at the factory, I could actually go through the entire unit. So when I got the unit, it was ready to go. There'd be no flaws in it. As a transporter, you weren't allowed to do it. But as a company representative, I could do whatever I wanted in that trailer before we bought it. That's so a, that's how we got started. Wow, that would be a big time saver for dealers. It was a great advantage. We had two or three dealers trying to get us to do it, but just wasn't enough for me to go around. Are you from California <laughs> originally? I was born in Bakersfield, California, and I was a photographer for most of my life. I traveled the world with Occidental Petroleum. Mr. Hammer and I had quite a relationship for years. And he put me through some very good photography school. 
I consider myself a pair of photographer. A lot of people are in photography. And my work, that's how I got most of my work camping experience. Is I'd go to a site and tell them that I could do their social media forum, such as Facebook or whatever. And then they say, we really don't need that. And I said, how would you like to try it just for a day or two? At my extent, and then I'd show them what I could do, and then usually I'd get hired, and they wouldn't want me to go. <laughs> we could pick up, we could pick up a lot of work for them. But the, I never really used work campers like most people do for the hotline and tip line. I'm more of a venture. I like to go out on my own and see what I can create out of nothing. Okay, and that was successful for you to approach the campgrounds and offer to come to work for them rather than apply and see if they would hire you? Yeah, we seem to have better luck doing that. Most work happening jobs, if, you, if you're familiar with it at all, and I'm sure most of your audience is, it pays 8 to $12 an hour. I'd usually end up making anywhere from oh, 1100 to $1,800 a week doing my social media sites. So that would be a good deal. And Yeah, we, it was a good deal for them, a good deal for me. Do you continue working for the same campgrounds after you leave? No, I don't work for the same people. I just go to another site. And I worked for various RV dealerships like Seagrens and did a lot of their advertising work and did some for Venture Out RV. They also worked for Butler and Son. And I did a little bit for Camping World, but Camping World has your own corporate office, so they don't do it as much in those bigger ones. You get these little RV dealers. And they're ready to have people, work campers, actually come to work for them. Pulling RVs, helping people set up, finding sites. And some of them like to hire you because of your experience you've had in RV campgrounds. You can tell them what to look for in an RV from your experience. You had mentioned that to me previously. So explain what you did for Seagram's RV that was just so special in helping people get new RVers get adjusted and up and running and having fun right away. They buy a brand new RV and you have a one hour orientation usually where they walk you through the purchase that you just purchased and they show you how to work the freezer and the, how to do the ice box and where the propane tanks are and the slides and just everything in general. And one hour just isn't long enough. They teach you how to hook the sewer up and why you should leave it closed and why you should leave it open. and what not, and how to clean it. Well, after the hour is over and they give you the keys and you go down the road about a week later, you don't know how to do any of it. You forgot it. That's <laughs> so you're right. calling them, trying to get help on the phone. I offer Seagrens a thing to where they purchase a spot at our RV campground for $25 for two nights, any two week night for a new RV or we put them up for two nights. And when they got there, I'd help them back in. They send a, a female usually over to the gazebo so they could chat with my wife and enjoy a cup of coffee while we were hooking up and getting the camper ready. And I'd go through the whole thing with him where he actually got to do it. Then we'd treat them to dinner and then the, they'd stay one more night. And then they, we usually have a campfire out and everything, and they'd get happier. And then the panic mode comes because they had to unhook everything. So we'd go over <laughs> in the evening and Help them unhook, clean it all up, get them on their way. And it worked good for the dealership, and it worked really good for the RV park because the dealership got favorable reviews, and everybody wanted to buy from them just because they weren't left paying. 
So it was a big selling point for Sea Grand. They would actually send you out to the campground for an orientation at the campground rather than at just the dealership. It worked good for the RV park because the people liked the treatment so well, they'd come back. They'd book in advance. So we ended up booking up for two years in advance. When I left, they were booking two years in advance. What and a- the other thing that Big Ranch did for us, they made us buy four trailers for the park at cost. And most people know that you go RVing, there's somebody at that destination that you usually know or met before, or they don't have an RV. So we would rent out an RV for $30 a night, plus space rent. And they could actually stay with their friends that way. The great idea. It's a win-win for everybody. The RVer wins, the campground yeah. wins because they get a new customer. The dealership wins because they can hand off the training to somebody else. That's it. I wish more campgrounds would do that. It's up to the work campers to create that. That's what I did. That's something I created out of nothing. And that's the thrill for me is going in there and figuring out something I can do for them that they're not doing. And I don't need to own a campground and I can see different places. So that's why we're just unusual in the aspect that we don't, I use work campers magazine to see where the good locations are and the experiences people have. And if I like it and I want to feel that experience, I go there and then I create my own opportunity from there. That's excellent advice, Jack, because any RVer could do what you're doing is just approach the campground with offers to help them with their own business. And when they help the campground grow, everybody wins. It does. And it works out. They're more impressed with a person coming with a want to work attitude than to give me a job attitude. That's I don't know why that's so important, but over the years, we've learned that they're always wanted back. I've never left unhappy. And I know a lot of people live, live unhappy because of the pay or this or that. But when you're creating your own position, there is no pay scale. You eliminated that problem right from the get-go. The job I had last lasted seven years. And it was a fluke. We worked in a place called Golden, Colorado. And... I was at a campground, there wasn't anything there to do. And there was an advertisement to drive a car at night and ended up driving the car for this company called the Hospital Courier Corporation for a month. And then we wanted to leave Colorado. In the meantime, they liked us so well and found out I had my DOT number and everything. They ended up hiring us for seven years to work out of my RV at night, dispatching cars all over the United States for medical records. Wow, that's cool. What did that involve? That involved the internet service at night out of my RV, and we could track the cars and we made sure they got out on time and the record got to the appropriate locations on time. And they paid me right at 900 a week for that. And it was seven days a week, 365 days a year. That's a good, that's a great it salary. A, it was a good income, and especially having the freedom to move. You had mentioned that you were a corporate photographer for many years. How long did you do that? I started in 1971 and did it up until 2004. I went through a divorce in 2004, and the court system told me I couldn't do photography for seven years due to some complications in my divorce. Well, that's unfortunate. But you can use those yeah, skills. Yeah, but I got to work. You can use those skills today and say photographer for campgrounds and other businesses. That's correct. I can do that. And I can also sell 
I'm going to start a photo bank. My wife's talked me into finishing up my portfolio. I need a thousand photos. I could start a photo bank again in New York. And what that entails is advertising agencies want to buy a picture of a golf ball or a bird or grass or something for advertising purposes. And they can buy these images for $25 an image. Wow. But you need to have a thousand excellent images to start a photo bank. They won't look at you without what they call high quality images. And I'm almost there. I got 850 accepted, so only got a few hundred more to go. Now, is this a better deal than selling your images to stock companies like Adobe Stock? Oh, heavens, yeah. It's much more lucrative. This is never ending. Adobe Stock is a trendy kind of a system. And Adobe Stock takes a big percentage, a big cut of your income. To the photo bank, New York photo bank, for instance, where I like going and photoreleck.com, I show my images, they only take 2% of the sale and they handle all the state and local taxes. It's a much more lucrative business for me. That is, and nice. I don't have to upgrade. I can just leave the thousand photos or I can add to it. Do you or need you can make more or less money, but yeah, it's income forever. But do you need a special website for that or special software? No, you just need your images. Your images are what you're going to submit to them. Okay. And they have to approve them. And they rate them from the scale of one to a thousand. And anything under 800 isn't qualified. So I probably got a close to 100,000 images that don't qualify that I like a lot. It doesn't work for them. <laughs> There's no argument about it. It's either in or out. So, sure. And then once you get a number, you get your number and they start cataloging your number and then you get to keep all your images until you get enough you need those thousand to get in and once you have the thousand to get in and then it's an automatic in and you pay no fee the fee is that you have a thousand images that's the fee oh, so they can make their money and they don't have to they don't have to sort through hundreds of images to find what they want mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying they're all high quality what have you liked the most about your rving and travel experience what I liked the most was the freedom. I'm not a dweller. I don't like a foundation dwelling in an RV, and you don't have that. I always have freedom to get up and move because of weather conditions or I want to do something different. It was just a freedom, and I had the same freedom when I was doing photography due to the fact that I traveled the world. So being free in the United States and not having a permanent location and it was rejuvenating even though we got stuck in a lot of these places 49 rv ranch is a good example we got stuck in there for a year and a half it was just hard to leave they didn't want us to leave and the people the campers come back they wanted to see it it was just a relationship that worked up there the little park down below us columbia state park really loved us because we gave them a lot of images for the docents the docent is a person that works as a volunteer in a period time frame in Columbia, California is an 1800 town. They have no electricity. Everything's run like it was in the 1800s. You go to the bank, Wells Fargo Bank, and they'd actually ring you up with an old machine that they had to crank and write you out a receipt. Wow. That's pretty cool. Have you worked traditional work camping jobs? On occasion, or do you do your own thing, your own self-employment kind of deal? No, we work the work amper job. I was camp host. I've been a host at the state park. 
you greet the people and get their sites for them and check them in, check them out. It's an online thing that you do at the entrance to state campgrounds, state and federal campgrounds. We work those for six months at a time for a little while. What are some of your favorite places that you visited? Probably South Dakota. When we joined America's Mailbox, we went up there and I worked in a place called Heartland RV Park and Campgrounds. And you got seven VIP passes up there. So you could go see Mount Rushmore, Custer, just any of the sites there. They wanted you to visit them so you could tell the people where to enjoy their time while they were in their campground. That was probably one of the most intriguing places we've been, Needles Highway, and just the entertainment up there was, like, incredible. So that I didn't like the winter. <laughs> we left in the winter, but the summer was absolutely gorgeous. And our other favorite spot was Morro Bay, California. We really enjoyed Morro Bay, working for a fishing company there offshore. We got to run deep-sea fishing boats and stuff out of a little campground there to do the owner of the fishing on. So we really enjoyed that a lot too. I can imagine. Where are you going to go next? We're looking at heading for the Smoky Mountain, but my wife's never got to see the fall color and me being a professional photographer. I've got to see that a couple of times and that's something I'd really like her to see. Get up on top of the ridgeway up there. I don't know if you've ever seen that, but looking down over the Eastern States in the fall and Reds and the greens and the yellows are just phenomenal. It is gorgeous. You'll yes. never forget it if you know one. That's for sure. Have you faced any challenges on the road? Oh, yeah. You have your breakdowns and you get to figure out how you're going to get through it. And you, you get scared at times because you don't really have a, enough income to back yourself up real far. We're fortunate enough we have a pretty good savings account. But when you start getting into your savings, it scares you. So when you're Motorhome breaks down or your insurance comes due and you're not working and you don't have that little extra income, it makes you insecure, at least in that name. I understand you started a YouTube channel called Get Your Kicks at 66. What prompted you to do that? My wife and I were praying one night about what to do with our life, the rest of our life. And God put it on my heart that these people that work for a living, these young people or they have a tumble spot in their life. We've met a couple of them on the road where their car blows up and they have no way to get the word. It just puts a real stress on the relationship that doesn't need to be there. So God put it on my heart to start this YouTube channel. And if we get it up to a thousand people, what the channel will eventually pay for is buy that young fellow a car. Or if an elderly couple up in that age now where if I passed away, my wife would have a hard time making the house payment for a couple of times due to the fact the shock and everything else going on. So we'd catch that house payment up for the elderly. It's not made for food. They're playing at churches for food. God put it on my heart. That's all taken care of. But the working class people are the ones that he put on my heart. And I've met a couple and we've helped a couple wow. out. And what kind of content do you have on it? We do everything from what do you do? It's mostly about what do you do when you retire and work campers is part of it. And I've been sitting on work campers and I realized about a month ago, heck, I'm trying to tell everybody how to retire. And here I've done it for 20 years and didn't even realize that God already had a plan for it. So I'm going to go back to my experiences being on the road with work campers and put that on my channel. But we do fishing, we do magnet fishing, we do metal detecting, 
drone flying, I got an electric bike, RVing, just anything you want to do when you retire. How do you do it? And how do you get started? Fishing, difference between deep sea fishing and lake fishing. Just a fun little channel we're putting together for people to enjoy. That's great. I notice you have almost 800 subscribers and over 30 videos. So that'd be good for people to check out. Yeah, we've been at it for almost two years now. And it's been hard to get it going, but it will get going. Oh, I'm God's sure. got a plan. He's just got me going in a different direction all the time. And I keep trying to change his direction. But I know he's got a different plan. <laughs> That's for sure. So, Is there any advice you would give to people who are considering becoming work campers or jumping into the RV lifestyle? My biggest advice would be don't be afraid to ask. A lot of people I've met work camping are timid people or people that are overqualified for a job. And remember, you're out there to have a good time. And the biggest thing that you can give to a person that's camping is a good time. And if you just keep that good time in the back of your head and forget about the tail come. That's my best advice. These employers can't thank you enough if you're a good working and they get plenty of bad ones. And it goes both ways. We get plenty of bad ones of them too. <laughs> you can make it a great experience. It's up to us to make the experience, not the employer. That's right. What are some of the things people can do to improve their experience if they are like feeling it isn't the best for them. They can look in other directions. Work camping doesn't have to be necessarily in a park. They can, like, for instance, I worked in a place in Laughlin, Nevada, and I was staying actually in Bullhead City, which is right across the Colorado River, in an RV park, and wanted to do something. Well, park had no positions open. They are full year-round. All those parks were. So I went over and introduced myself to the Riverside Casino and told them I was a work amp. And I started on there at $8 an hour, which was work amp or paid, that I told him if I could start for them and fill off. And I ended up doing my photography and got into their other branches there, of course. Or you knew that I was making a good living, but it wasn't in the RV park. So don't be afraid not to look outside of the park. Park is just a place you're spending your time. Outside, all these entities outside the amusement parks, everything needs worker. Let you, you know, open your eyes and see where you're at and see what's around you. You can get really good paying, fun jobs. That That's really good advice, Jack, because some of these RV parks or work camping positions only require 20 hours a week or sometimes 20 hours a month in order to get a free RV site, especially like the Army Corps of Engineers properties don't require a lot of daily work and find something in that local area where you can help out as well and can bring in additional money. That's what we do. It sounds like you've developed several streams of income yourself. You've got your photo business that you're doing. You're helping with campground marketing. And what other kinds of things are you doing that are bringing in money? We're working for hospital careers, like I said, at night. We probably bring in anywhere from four to $6,000 a month just out of the RV. That's excellent. That's more than most people make full-time jobs. Yep. And that's after all expenses. That's free and clear money. I'm not talking about taxes. I'm talking that pays our taxes. That's the money we can actually bank after taxes, after everything, after gas expense, after food, everything. That's wonderful. If people wanted to connect with you, how could they do that? 
probably through my YouTube channel be the easiest way. Okay. You can go to Get Your Kick Chant 66 or Jack Beto, jack.beto at yahoo.com. I got, that's your, that's your email. email address. Okay. Very good. And I'm in the process of changing my phone number again. I change it every time I change state. So <laughs> right now I got an Arizona phone number and I've had, before the Arizona, I had a California. Before the California, I had a Arkansas. And before the Arkansas, I had a Florida and then I had a South Dakota number. I did, I did that because the local people won't hire you. If they think you're out of state and you're not going to stay. Oh, very the good. first thing they ask you, oh, I see you're from California. It's easier to say I'm from Arizona. If I'm in Arizona, I'm in Arizona, so I'm from Arizona at the time, even though my mailbox is up in South Dakota. It just made it easier to get along with the local people, and the local people felt like you were local. That's the only reason I do it. Your cell phone company doesn't make a big deal of that or charge you? No charge. You can get a local number anywhere you go if you got a carrier. How long do you? Our carrier, we just go in and ask them to change their local number and they just do it. How long do you typically stay in a location? Anywhere from, that's hard to answer because if I don't like the place I'm at, of course I go pretty quick, a couple of months, but I have been in places for up to two years. Mostly, I like two months the best. Two months seems to be about the limit I like in an area because I can play and see everything in the area, and then I can move on. I really like the advice about using a local telephone number. That sounds really cool, and especially if you're going to be in a place for six months or even you know a year, that would be a good idea, although you'd have to tell everybody what your new phone number is. There's another option to that too. I have a number that I don't change for my relatives. So I have two phones and I'm through a, a company called Noculum, which is only $15 a month per phone. So I just get that phone number and change it wherever I go to the local area. Then my number that the relatives have, I've had for years, it's a California number. I just leave that number intact. For fifteen dollars a month, it's not worth worrying about that much. That's even more advice that I really enjoy. You've been a wealth of information today, Jack. I really appreciate it. Appreciate you sharing your story and all of these wonderful tips. I wish you the best of luck. Thank you so much for having me. You have a great day. I really enjoyed speaking with Jack Vito about his RVing and work camping experiences. What I liked most about our discussion was that Jack seems to be an outside-the-box thinker who makes things happen in a way that benefits him as well as the companies that hire him. He loves the thrill of creating positions that businesses hadn't considered or even knew would be beneficial to have someone providing that kind of service. Jack can jump in and get a program running and then move on to a different adventure while leaving the business better than it was before. He also noted there isn't a typical pay scale when you're creating your own job, and he's absolutely right. Jack said employers are thrilled to have a work camper approaching them with an I want to work attitude rather than a give me a job attitude. He said that works well because he researches opportunities first, then lives up to the promises he makes. As a result, when he leaves, everyone was happier for the shared experiences. Jack described one of the most ingenious ideas I heard about finding a job in an area a work camper wants to visit. Jack has two cell phones, one number he keeps for friends and family to use, 
but he changes the second phone to a local telephone number when he gets to the area. That way he can apply for jobs and employers are more inclined to speak with him because they think he's from that area. This would be a way to turn any volunteer camp host position into a paid job by working for a local company. A work camper could give the 15 to 20 hours needed to receive a free campsite, but then go to work locally to make some money. That opens the door to people who can't afford to go full-time RVing because they need a steady income. Jack said he likes the RVing and work camping lifestyle for the freedom it provides, and he seems to have more freedom than many other work campers I've interviewed. People can connect with Jack, follow some of his experiences, and get practical retirement advice by checking out his Get Your Kicks at 66 YouTube channel. People can also email him at jack.vito at yahoo.com. Today's episode is sponsored by Work Camper News. With its diamond and platinum membership tools, Work Camper News is much more than just a job listing website. When you put the tools of this professional service into action, you'll find out just how easy it can be to turn your work camping dreams into reality. The one-year memberships open the door to a one-stop shop for all things work camping. Being the original resource for work camping, you'll find the largest number of job listings, be able to connect with the community of work campers, and view resources compiled by experts who've been enjoying the RV lifestyle for many years. If you're serious about leading a successful and enjoyable work camping lifestyle, then a diamond or platinum membership is for you. You can even get started with a free 30-day trial by visiting www.workcamper.com forward slash trial. Embark on new adventures today with the support of Work Camper News behind you. That's all for this week's show. If you'd like to share your RVing and work camping experiences with others, I'd welcome the opportunity to interview you for a future episode of The Work Camper Show. Just send an email to podcast at workcamper.com and we'll get the ball rolling. Thanks for listening.